I'd have all of those individuals in this service who are going to be involved with uh, Vacation Bible School this coming week. Whether you're serving in the kitchen, whether you're doing crafts, or whether you're in game time or whatever, teachers, helpers, I want you to stand, please, where you are, if you would do that for me. Amen. Amen. This is only part of the group, by the way. It'll be action all week long. And and if it's okay with Abby, we're going to pray for rain. It, It can rain every night. No lightning, okay, we just want rain, okay, amen. But uh, uh, we need your prayers for this coming week because as that last song hinted at, that's what we're going to be preaching about, sharing with children of how they can be washed by the blood of the Lamb. So let's pray together, shall we? Father, it, it is an exciting week coming. We don't know all that is going to happen, but I'm grateful that you do. Every child that will be here is precious in your sight. Individuals have written songs about that. Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. And even in your word, you chastised your disciples when they wanted to chase the children away, and and you told them, no, suffer the children to come to me. And Lord, they're, they're precious. And the gospel is so wonderful that even at a young age, they can understand it. And so this coming week, as we're about ready to turn loose a moose, <laughs> I pray, oh God, that your spirit would turn loose upon this house. That children would come to know you as they go home and are excited and they share with their parents, I pray that it would begin a new seed in that household too. Bless every teacher who handles your word. All of those who will be helping, whether game time or whether in the kitchen or whether crafts, whatever we do, may we do it all for your honor and glory. And anticipating, O Lord God, that you are going to do great and mighty things. Thank you that you will guide Abby as she directs this year. Thank you for the wonderful display that is in front of us and behind me. and It gets us all excited about what could happen. And so, Lord, I pray that you would make it happen. And by your spirit, would you, O Lord, lead individuals to yourself this week and would be careful to praise you and to thank you in the matchless name of Christ our Savior. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. (laughs) A moose on the loose in a boat. If you were paddling that boat, you would get out. Let, let him do whatever he wants to have done. I've seen one moose in my life up close and personal. It's when we were traveling across from Lancaster County to Portland, Oregon. We drove through the uh, uh, Yellowstone National Park. And over in the field, we saw this, what we thought was a moose, and we were finalizing our decision because he lifted his head out of the water and everything was dripping off of him and 
he looked at us and he's chomping on grass. But the strange thing of it was is there was a photographer that was only like maybe five feet from that moose. And I'm saying, buddy, you better hope that moose is not on the loose because he'll mess you up. We've seen our, our uh, sister and, and brother-in-law that uh, ministered up in Maine, we've seen what a moose does to a Volkswagen Beetle. One was attacked, an individual in their church was attacked by a moose driving up a road, and that moose laid waste of that Volkswagen bug. And that's exactly what it turned out to be about this small. And so a moose on the loose. Here, I was kind of thinking someone was going to dress up as a moose, Hopingly it was going to be Bill Troutman, but he's not here today to defend himself. But, uh, but anyway, I want to begin uh, a new study this week and for a number of weeks going through the precious book of Galatians. You may have read it and you probably have even memorized some of the more familiar verses that are there in Galatians, in chapter 2, verse 20, the Apostle Paul says, For I'm crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Other verses, too, when we get to chapter 5, we'll talk about fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, patience. Of these, there is no law, the Apostle Paul says. So the familiarity of the book, I trust, won't cause you to daze off in spiritual slumber. But there is a, a, an issue with the book of Galatians. The issue is, do we mix works with grace? I have a slide I want to show you this morning. It's, it's an interesting slide. Those three German words greeted the Jewish population of over six million people who were killed. It was words that were found at every single uh, death camp, either Auschwitz or Dachau or even... Uh, Another, I can't remember the name of the other one, but the words are interesting in and of themselves because though I do not speak German, but translated it says, works shall make you free. Works shall make you free. The Jewish people, when they saw those words, thought that it was a work camp. That the more works they did, eventually they would be set free. The tragic part of it is, is that works never set us free. And that's the theme, or at least that's one of the issues that we find in the book of Galatians. The battle of how much works do, do I or can I do to be set free spiritually. Your mind already is racing to Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, where it says, not of works, lest any man should boast. It wasn't the fact that they were saying only works. What they were doing is they were saying, 
yes, gospel, but you've got to also do this to really experience spiritual life, eternal life. So my aim this morning is somewhat that has procured, if you will, over centuries of time. Because even in our present day uh, church situations, we can even add to the gospel certain things like, well, if you read any other translation other than the King James Version, then truly you can't be saved. I think I'm guilty of that. I've read other translations, by the way. Or if you uh, go to movies, you can't be saved. In the 70s, 60s and 70s, it was, if your hair's too long, guys, if your hair's too long, uh, you can't be saved. The Apostle Paul faced not those particular issues, but he faced the issue of the Judaizers who came into this area of Galatia, which is in the center part of Turkey, present-day Turkey. And when he planted churches, they would come in and try to encourage, in fact, even downright force individuals who were, quote, of the way, so that they would now come over to be fully Jewish because they believed that if you weren't Jewish you couldn't be saved and so that's our chore how do we take something that was written in centuries before and bring it over to our contemporary time in order that we can be encouraged well we're gonna look at the first five verses and in the first five verses we see something that changes people, and it's the gospel. Let's take your books and our Bibles and turn to Galatians chapter 1, verses 1 to 5. It says, Paul, an apostle, not from men nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead and all the brethren who are with me. To the churches in Galatia, grace to you and peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil age according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Father, Open your word to our hearts today. Maybe that should be reversed. Open our hearts to your word today. As we investigate the glory of the gospel, that which changes people, I pray, O oh Lord, that we would come to a fresh understanding and a strengthening that maybe we have long forgotten. That which we lack, O oh Lord, I pray that you will provide. That which we do not understand may it become clear. That which we, O oh Lord, find ourselves weak in, may we become strengthened. All for your honor and for your glory we ask these things. Amen. 
If you catch the news, there are a number of things that change people. Have you all signed up yet for the uh, Publishers Clearinghouse? Is this your last chance? $1,000 a day for the rest of your lives. We know that money, people think that money changes them. And it, and it does. Outside of prescription drugs, individuals are looking for a change in their lifestyle by using hard drugs. Drugs that alter their minds in order that they can escape reality. Things do change people, but this morning we're going to look at the gospel. Because all of those other things are only temporary. But the gospel does something to us and for us, not only at the moment of when we believed it and trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ for our only hope of eternal life, but I want to show you this morning that it goes a whole lot deeper and a whole lot wider than just that. You see, the gospel is just not a moment in time. It is that which sustains us for all time. And so this morning we're going to contemplate three things about the gospel. The first one is the power of the gospel. The power of the gospel. We've already read the first verse, but those first two words in that verse highlight what the power of the gospel can do. It begins by saying Paul. In the Greek, there's no definite article. It just says Paul, apostle. When you look at the life of the apostle Paul, he didn't start out as being Paul. He's known in Acts chapter 8, verses 1 to 3, as being there at the very stoning of Stephen, and he smiled at it. Even the cloak of Stephen was thrown at his feet. And later on in chapter 9, the Apostle Paul in Acts chapter 9 gets a written permission from the Pharisees to go to Damascus in order to capture and bring out people that he calls are part of the way. And on that way, he met Jesus. All of you have been on a Damascus road, by the way. All of you, God has taken for a journey to meet him. And when he did, you, like the Apostle Paul, said the same thing. Who is it, Lord? The first thing that the power of the gospel does is, number one, it changes us personally. It changes us personally. Saul went from being a, a, a condemner and a destroyer of the church to someone who planted and discipled individuals in the church. He went from someone who was steeped in the philosophy of works by the law of Moses as a Pharisee. In fact, he even says later on in chapter 1 and chapter 2 that he was even better than some of his individuals that were on the same level. He was better than they. He rose faster in power. He became an individual so steeped in law 
But now he became an individual who focuses on grace. Changes us personally. In fact, such verses as Romans chapter 1 and verse 16 and 17, the Apostle Paul, as he begins that wonderful letter, says, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God that leads unto salvation to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it is the righteousness of God revealed from faith, from beginning faith to ending faith, from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. The gospel and the power changes us personally. We're not the same people as we were. The Apostle Paul writes in many places, in fact, even in, the gospel, even in this particular epistle, when he reminds them, this is what you once were, but this is who you are now. That's all because of the power of the gospel. It changes us personally. It also changes us positionally. We go from being lost to being found. It's recorded in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 13 that we are literally translated from a kingdom of darkness and placed into the kingdom of light and his dear son. He writes again, the apostle Paul, as he reminds us, or Peter writes, excuse me, in 1 Peter 2 and chapter verse 9 to 10, that we were walking in darkness. We are now a royal priesthood. We are a peculiar people. Now that doesn't mean strange, that just means peculiar. The world can't figure us out. And we were once in darkness. Now we walk in light. It changes us personally. The power of the gospel changes us positionally. And lastly, the power of the gospel keeps us presently. Did you catch the verse as it says in, down here in, in, in verse 4? That he might deliver us from this present evil age the gospel keeps us even through an evil age it doesn't take you long before you listen to news or you read the papers that you come to realize that it seems to me though i'm looking at it probably from a narrow point of view but it seems to me the world is not getting any better it seems to be getting worse the amazing thing about the gospel is that it keeps us even presently. I love it when Jesus is describing his father as he says, no one can pluck you from his hand. How dynamic is that? We are kept by the gospel of Jesus Christ. I hope you're catching the viewpoint that this is more than just a position of when you came to trust Jesus Christ through the gospel. It literally is a lifelong pursuit for the gospel. The power of the gospel. Now you might be there this morning thinking, well, 
what is the gospel? A good question. I'm glad someone asked that. It's listed for us in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Just turn back there quickly. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. This is the gospel that, that we're talking about this morning. 1 Corinthians 15, verses 1 down to verse 3. 1 Corinthians 15, 1 to verse 3. This is the gospel. In fact, the Apostle Paul says, Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel which I preach to you, which you also received, and in which you presently, the Greek word is, presently stand. It says this, By which you are also saved, if you hold fast the word which I preach to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you first of all that which I received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures, and that he was seen by Cephas, then by the twelve. That is the gospel, that Jesus Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. That he rose again, the third day, and that he was seen of many. Jesus Christ is the gospel. And that is in it, it is the power that changes us personally, it changes us positionally, and it even provides for us presently. The Apostle Paul went from a Saul to a Paul, from a murderer to an apostle, a representative of heaven on earth. The second thing the gospel does is it's, it's the plan of the gospel, the plan of the gospel that is situated for us. In, in Galatians 4 and verse 4, we see God's plan. The plan of the gospel says this. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoptions as sons. It was God's plan. In fact, the plan of the gospel is that God provided a way. God provided the way. And the only way in which an individual can not only just be forgiven of their sins, but guaranteed an eternal home and glory. Your mind already might be racing to John chapter 14, where Jesus says, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you will be also. God initiated that. In John 3:16, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. But here's the clue, that whosoever will believe in him will not perish but have everlasting life. That was God's plan. It's God's plan that is initiated 
from the very first chapter of the Bible known as Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1. And it is fully, fully explained all the way through to Revelation as it closes. To him be glory forever and ever. God initiated that. It's a plan of God to rescue people. And by the way, I hope none of you have left your car windows down. Because it's going to rain. Someone give an amen. <laughs> but the other plan of that is this. Yes, it's God initiated. But it is also determined by the counsel of God. Thank you, Lord. The lights just dimmed. It was also demanded by the counsel of God that we who are believers should be sharing the gospel. And that's what we're called to do. Our vision statement for Grace Community Church is Matthew chapter 28 and verse 18. Therefore, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And lo, I'll be with you always. We are to be about sharing the gospel. So dynamic is that truth that Peter says in 1 Peter 3.15 that we have to be ready to give an answer of the hope that lies within us to anyone who would ask us. It's the plan of God is that he initiated it, and in that plan is it is to be reproduced from us to other people. We are to share the gospel. And that's what's going to happen this next week with the moose that's going to be on the loose. We're going to be sharing the gospel. But what about your next-door neighbors if they don't come? They need to hear from you. What about your co-workers? They need to hear from you. you all you need to tell them is, I was once lost, now I'm found. You're going to confound them so much, they're going to ask you, would you explain that? Oh, I'd love to. In 1 Corinthians 15, verses 1 to 5, come into play. And Jesus was crucified for our sins, according to the scriptures. He was buried, rose again the third day, according to the scriptures. Why? That we might be saved. That's the dynamic. The apostle Paul here in this wonderful uh, verse 3 and 4, he says, Grace to you and peace from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, in order to have peace with God, you've got to have grace from God. For it is grace we are saved through faith, and not of ourselves. It is a gift of God. If you have grace from God, in the position that you have been changed by the power of God, then all of a sudden you have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. That's why even though the world may seem to be in chaos, and by the way, it's going to get worse. Even though the world is in chaos, we can still lay our head on the pillow and in peace say, thank you, Lord. 
for he controls all things. And that's the plan, that is the purpose and plan. The power that changes us, the plan of God to initiate it. And lastly, it is the purpose of the gospel. What is the purpose of the gospel? The gospel is to be shown in the life of every believer. We, we ought to be different. You see, that's the, the amazing thing about the gospel. Because it carries us through, in fact, of where, you know what? I don't have to succumb to the, to the notions of the evil one in my life. I've been set free. I've been released. I do not come under any more condemnation. In fact, Paul writes in Romans chapter 8 and verse 1, Therefore now there is no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. I've been set free. That's the purpose of the gospel, to set us free. Set us free from the penalty of sin. Set us free from the power of sin. Yes, Lord, speak. And then ultimately, it's going to set us free from the very presence of sin and glory with Christ Jesus. Our lives as believer people, the purpose of it is that we should be showing that. We should be sharing that. We should be under the microscope and being found guilty. See, it's even the power of God even turning the lights on. Hallelujah. But the other purpose is this. It closes in verse 5. To whom be glory forever and ever. That we would glorify our great God in all that we say and all that we do. That's the purpose of the gospel. There's power there's a plan, and there's a purpose. And in the first five verses, the Apostle Paul sets everyone straight. That there is no work that will set you free. It is only the gospel of Jesus Christ. Can I ask you a question this morning? Do you know him? Have you come to that place in your life where you have personally said to the Lord Jesus Christ, save me, believe. Whosoever believes will not perish but have everlasting life. I truly hope that everyone here has. But if someone has not, please, I beg of you, either seek me or, or Pastor Isaac or one of the leadership of the church and ask them, how? Can I have this peace from God that Pastor Doe was talking about? It only comes through the power of God. Let's pray together. Father, thank you. Thank you for the sound of your voice that even this morning has awakened us to the blessing of rain. We're grateful for it. And we thank you and we revel in it, O oh Lord, of how you literally bless us. And by your gospel, 
we see that it is your power that takes those who are lost and makes them found. Once walking in darkness, now they can walk in the light of the kingdom of Jesus Christ. Oh Lord, may we fully understand that is the gospel by which we have been saved. It is the gospel which we are presently being sanctified, and it will be the gospel which will take us home. All for your honor and for your glory. May we walk worthy in what you've called us. And we'll praise you and thank you in your name. Amen.